Yeah, hello, 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 everybody listening out there in the world of isolation, COVID situation, uh, screw 2020. Anyway, positive, moving forward, moving forward with the world. Um, super cool, excited, super excited about today's guest. Um, really stoked to have this dude on the show. Um, his name is Brock Sadler, and who has a film processing lab uh, here in Melbourne, Australia, called Work and Process. And they do all kinds of shit. Uh, you just drop your film off, uh, they do the negatives, shit comes out good, just works uh, and he's just an absolute dude and I really enjoyed the day, I really enjoyed sitting down and chatting with him um, about what he's been up to and the processing involved and, uh, and we just had a good chat about film and the resurgence and all that sort of crap and I don't know, he's a really cool dude uh, and I really look forward to actually getting in uh, and catching up and jumping into the workshops as well. Um, but I know I'm not going to fuck around talking about it too much. Here he is, Brock Sadler. That's much better. Is that better? Yeah, that's good. I have no idea what the hell's going on. What happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, my uh, my technical skills are improving much much. Uh, I've worked from the uh, gone from the letter opener to the email, and I'm slowly working my way up the technological. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, mine's letter. not. I'm not that high tech either. Wow, I'm I actually just hang quite up. surprised. That, that's my best way. <laughs> I'm actually quite surprised at that. You do quite a lot of technical stuff. Yeah, I guess so. But as soon as it comes to computers i'm uh yeah I'm, I, I don't know that much about that side of it. <laughs> like, i've got i've got one of the first gen ipads wow and it's a brick now like you can't do anything with it <laughs> you, are you actually using it as a brick <laughs> no no i should be though <laughs> crazy um yeah thanks so much brother for uh accepting and jumping on the podcast during isolation and uh yeah having a sitting down having a little chat with us for a while it's it's really sick it's really cool I'm really excited about <laughs> no it worries. there's not much else going on so, but why not <laughs> um so i guess let's just start off with who you are and uh what work and process does and what you're doing well who am i i'm yeah. just a i'm a guy who likes film photography um sort of work and process was just my outlet to really yeah. do it all myself and, and do it for other people as well. Yeah. Um, cause I don't, my background is actually horticulture. I've been a gardener oh, right on. Um, and landscaper for the last almost decade. Um, and then I sort of just had enough of it sick of the early starts in the morning and, and sort of body breaking down on me already. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, I cut my teeth in the dark room, uh, in high school and sort of that's, that passion had led, had stemmed ever since I was a teenager. Um, so sort it's... of what am I going to do if I'm not gardening? I may as well try and choose something in photography. Yeah. Cause I remember it's something that I remember oh, ages ago when uh, probably this year or last year when I came in, I, I think the first time I came in to see you guys. Uh, was like, how did you get into this? And one of the things you said was it was actually quite accidental. Is that is that quite accurate? Uh, a bit of an accident, but a bit of a pre-planned as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've been collecting the gear for a very long time. So in, a, in that sort of sense, it's not accidental because yeah. some of this gear is just so hard to come across. So mm. when it did pop up, I thought, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll chuck it in a room, and <laughs> if anything ever happens, at least I've got it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it all just piled up, and then I had enough, and I'm like, oh, bugger it. I might as well start a lab. And it's a pretty sick one. So, what are the some of the um, so with some of the services that you offer with your lab in terms of like because one of the things that drew me to coming to see you uh, and getting my photos developed because I uh, take but there's you know, there's quite a few developing labs across Melbourne from really small time ones that have like little baths to mm. there's a couple of um, decent sized ones. But I suppose what drew me to work and process aside from the actual Google reviews was the fact that you do the workshops 
and you mm. and you don't you sort of demystify the process uh and sort of open the floor for people to come in and and experiment and um sort of get to know the process a bit better is that something that you want to talk a little bit more about as to how that came about and, and why you decided to do that well i think that's the main thing that i enjoy about it is actually the process of it so if i can share any of that knowledge with anyone else because i'm sure i'm not the only one who appreciates the process actually behind it and and it is a really long long process behind what there is to developing a roll of film or or, or making a picture mm. um on film a lot of people just overlook it think you just pop in your roll and a day later you get your images back without any idea what actually happens to it and it's it's quite involved and it's, it's really it's really rewarding i think that's the main thing it's very rewarding even if you got a bad photograph but you made it and, and you, you're just super proud of it um and that's sort of the same thing everyone everyone had relayed to me once they'd done one of the workshops is like holy holy crap there's actually a huge another side to actually just pressing the shutter button on a camera <laughs> yeah there is and I think that's also one of the main things that's lost in digital photography now is there's just no process to it. Aside from the digital editing through Lightroom or through Photoshop or the like software that's similar. Yeah, no one enjoys sitting in front of a computer though, or at least I mean, they lie about yeah, it. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. There's, I mean, there's, there's aspects of digital there's aspects of Lightroom and I mean, Photoshop, I don't really enjoy using. It's just way too complicated, but there's aspects that I really enjoy. Like I, I really love playing around with the images that I have and seeing what you can pull out of them and how you can change the mood and stuff like that. I, I kind of enjoy that sort of process, but it's definitely, it's nothing like taking the photos. You know? Well, that's, that's it. You do, you, you do enjoy doing digital work. Everyone, everyone enjoys making a nice photograph on the screen. Mm. But the problem with that is there's not really, um, or what I've found is there's not really re any reward to it. Mm. Um, sorry, my curious thing. I just got someone banging on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm back. What was I saying? Oh god. Oh, the screens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah looking at screens. <laughs> with, with that's that's the thing with. There's no re on with with Lightroom and Photoshop and digital ed editing. There's no repercussion. If you make a mistake, you can just control Z. That's interesting. There's no, there's no worth to it. It doesn't cost you a dollar a sheet or something. Because you can the just keep time, turning them out. Yeah, because you yeah. can just do it again if you bugger up. Yeah. Whereas working in the dark room or working with films, you've you got to be very technically correct. Well, you don't have to be technically correct. It depends which sort of outcome you want. But you gotta you gotta be sure of yourself and you gotta know what you're doing and it's a much more rewarding process getting it right. But do you think that's because yeah. that consequence exists? What's that? You think that's because the consequence of something going wrong exists? Yeah, I think there's a bit more worth to it because there is actually that dollar value yeah. associated with it. Um yeah, it is more rewarding. Plus there's also I think aside from the dollar value, because I think when people start taking photographic film and getting them developed they, they understand that there's like a, a cent or a dollar value per shot but because when you take a photo and some people log and diary each photo you know as they go mm. along and you you can't scroll back and check your images and gosh so when you take your shot and have to shutter you're like as a photographer you're looking at it and, you, and you've you've taken a mental image in your mind as well and you're like okay i think that's i think that's really good i think that's come out and so you either log it or in my case, you know, I sort of half half do and half don't. But you, yeah. Sometimes you're like, I think that's a good shot. So when you get it developed, there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of anxiety. You like, you kind Always. of, you know, like ah. Oh, so I think aside from, I totally agree with the the dollar value. But there's also like this anxiety that there's only one negative. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes. It gets you thinking, you're, you're anticipating for when it comes back. Yeah, um, sweaty palms. Yeah, I, I love that feeling, although I haven't had that feeling in a long time because yeah. I pop my roll in the processor and get it back straight away. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually something that I really miss about it, to be honest. Really? Have you, yeah. do, you, do you give your stuff to other people? Just, just 
Or you, you, I mean, you probably wouldn't because it just doesn't make sense, does it? You've got all the stuff there. Yeah, no, I haven't. Well, in all honesty, I haven't been shooting much lately. Right. I just haven't had the time. I've been too much in the lab doing it for everyone else. Yeah. So you have been still quite busy, haven't you? With the lockdown, you've still been processing quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Well, this this uh, lockdown round, I'm I'm closed. Oh um, right. Oh, of course. Obviously, as labs are. Yeah. Uh, all meant to close yeah but you um, one of the things i saw was interesting as well is that you were you started to you coined the idea of doing some youtube tutorials and sort of how to's and sort of deep debunking sort of things is that right yeah i would like to because i i always get a lot of questions yeah. um from customers out of just general curiosity of how things work so i thought well it's a good it's a good time to actually show how everything works yeah, when there's nothing yeah. happening in 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 the lab yeah so yeah good chance while tools are down to just sort of show everyone what's behind it so what's your plan um, so with the with the working towards what's sort of behind it what's your what's your goal like and what are you what are you sort of showing behind it just it, it really is just for curiosity's sake yeah. and, and to give me something to do because um, as you know with work in process it's a open planned layout lab where you can see straight through the windows and the doors and, and see exactly everything what's going on there's there's nothing hidden yeah i love it and sort of when people come in even the layout it's just the central table there's actually no desk so i can stand one-on-one -on -one with the customer and, and walk them around the lab even they're welcome to just walk around and have a look but um i was thinking and and continuously i get people going oh what's this and what's that and and what's this over here and it's like well <laughs> perfect perfect time to um actually show the world out there what is involved in processing a roll of film and why doing a roll of film for 10 bucks is extremely cheap and how it's not mm. a viable practice doing it that cheap no, I mean you just look at the chemicals online. It, yeah, the time well, apart and... apart from the chemical costs, it's it's the labour and the time in in a single roll of thirty five mil film from from dev to scan to finish. There's probably almost fifteen minutes worth just on a single roll. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Of labour time, yeah. Um, so it's very it, it it's very laborious. It's very hands on. Um. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's just you got no idea how it works unless you actually think about it. Has your appreciation and your love for the photography changed now that you're doing the process a little bit more? You're a bit more in depth, and it's become your job. Mm, no, I wouldn't say so. Uh, it's always <laughs> been a, a, a great interest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and now just being able to work on it at my own pace. Because I have worked in a couple of other labs um, previously, um, sort of learnt what to do and learnt what not to do, how to set up a lab, and so I took what I've learnt and and made it into my own thing. Yeah, it's cool. You've got a really sick setup. You've got a, you've got a yes. really cool setup. I love it. And Cheers. I I'm actually uh, our lease is up on the place. In November, so I'm looking for a new one at the moment. I see. Oh, you, do you think you'll move? You won't just renew? Nah, we'll move. We've got a big, um, don't know if you've noticed, there's a big construction site next door to us. Five level apartments are going up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, so it's just swamping us in here. So, And we need to move. And I really want to set up the dark rooms so they can be operational during the daytime. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, 2020 was going to be pretty big for work in process. <laughs> I um, think there's, there's so many it people. It really was. <laughs> Everyone said that. Oh, I <laughs> know, I know. But everything was just, yeah, everything was lining up great. Oh. Um, yeah, we were about to get a nice little warehouse around the corner and start fitting that out. But, um, yeah, it, it all really hit the fan, didn't it? It's, uh, it went through the fan, I think. <laughs> Just yeah. Completely missed the fan and just blew, went into yeah, the, blew the ceiling off. Yeah. Well, that's it. How it's it's going to be a tough one. I mean, with all the um, distancing practices now, you, getting two people together in a dark room is going to be 
not uh, yeah i mean able to yeah the thing i think that's the i, I don't know i think people are pretty resilient and we also i, I think we you know, evolve to situations and adapt pretty quickly. So I think like, and I think the proof is the fact that just how normal the masks and how normal the distancing sort of feels, you know, I mean, like everyone's been like pre pandemic, everyone's been to the supermarket or the bank and they've been, they've gotten home and they've told their partner or their friend or whatever, like there's this person behind me just breathing down my neck, <laughs> just mm. standing mm. too close. So everyone's always had that sort of, to a degree, you know, that sort of personal bubble thing that people have always talked about. And now that there's the social distancing enforced, I think that'll kind of, in, in some respects, like uh, post this, I reckon that there's aspects of that will continue. But the thing is, I just, how normal masks and, and mandatory distancing has sort of become and how quickly it became quite normal for people is it's quite interesting. So I think you'd I think you'd be sweet in terms of the dark room and you know I, I Yeah, think... once it all settles down we'll be all good. But actually in in saying that it is it's funny how it's affected all industries. Like I uh, I do a bit of um commercial photographers work for fashion and things like that. Yeah. Um and they're having trouble or a few weeks ago, month ago, they were having trouble setting up shoots because of the whole distancing rules and, and all this sort of thing. So they've got their high-end clients um, saying, like, we need the content, and they're coming back saying we, we legally can't shoot it. Yeah. Like, I, I work in film and television, um, and there's, I mean, there's a couple of shows that are filming and finishing up at the moment. Uh, yeah. Um, but the, the, nothing new can start. So nothing new commercial can start or in terms of like small scale commercial shoots or, yeah. um, and then nothing large, large scale can start up. And that's purely just Victoria at the moment. Uh, and, and yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. So, but across Sydney, I mean, things have definitely changed. There's a lot more protocol that you've got to put in and there's a lot more measures, um, yeah, but they, maybe I should pack the lab up and move into state. Do a mobile lab. Yeah, <laughs> actually, there's a truck for sale around the corner. That'd be pretty <laughs> like, cool. Is it the old one with the tires? It kind of looks like it needs a bit of a def an, an inflate. That's the one. Oh, yeah, full of graffiti. <laughs> I reckon the, the graffiti is probably holding it together. <laughs> so let's just have a little bit of a chat through sort of um the resurgence of film and why you think film photography has taken sort of taken a bit more of a hold or found a found a pretty sizable niche market oh i love this question it's always my same answer every time i think it's just because it's new technology to a lot of people oh how do you mean how do you mean by that well kids these days like the amount of the amount of young kids that i get in school who say, oh, I've just found this camera in a op shop, in a parent's closet, in a grandparent's storage shed. How does it work? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there's no, there's, there's no touchscreen on this. So it, it really is new technology to them. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and they love it. They love it for that fact of what we are saying just before, for the excitement that you get when you don't know what you've shot, waiting for the images to come back. That's one real large aspect reason to yeah why why it's sort of picking up again yeah to the extent that it is um but the other reason is it's just one of those things it's it's an enjoyable thing to do back to the whole process of it again mm. which you can't get with anything else yeah, you, you, there's there's a lot that you miss out on in the digital world that you get in the film world. Apart from, I mean, you know, personally, I think the images are quite different as well if you put them side by side. But mm. I, I totally agree with you about the process. It's just, I don't know, there's like, you know, there's a consequence. There's, a, there's an amount of shots that you've got per roll. And, you know, there's there's you find yourself taking a lot more time per per frame or per image than you do with a digital camera and I, and so you just think about the shot a lot differently as well and like you think about how it's going to expose and how it's going to lock and you know and then once yeah. it comes out what you can do with it well that's every every single image that you take every single role that you you drop in for processing you learn i feel like mm. the shooter learns something off every single one of those um and it's all just a constant learning experience um, I still learn every day when I take photos. I mean, I'm 
I'm getting into large format now. Um, I've just finished building a a four five kit. Wow. Um, to take on hikes, um, and that's a huge learning curve going from shooting roll film to shooting uh, sheet film, which is something I did a long time ago uh, when I studied, but um, actually picking it up again and 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 doing it just for fun. Yeah, it's a that's an expensive one, and um, <laughs> that's a big learning curve. You almost need a wheelbarrow with a camera, do you? <laughs> almost. <laughs> it's a heavy. It's a pretty heavy kit. It weighs in at about oh, camera and lenses alone are about five kilo, and then the tripod's another two point seven kilo. Right on. So you're pushing double digits on the kilo factor there. Yeah. So um, along with all the spare isolation time, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do a bit more exercise for oh, it as build, well. You build yourself up to the hike. <laughs> yeah, that's it, getting all ready. Right on. But, uh, yeah, and, uh, look, film photography, analog photography in, in, in this day and age, um, it's definitely taking a stronghold. Sort of how Kodak re-released a transparency film and, how even Fuji said they were getting out of the game, but then they released another black and white film, mm. um, another adaptation of the uh, Acros. It's it's so hard to judge where it's going, but I think it will always be around. Yeah, I mean that's 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 encouraging. Um, I think one thing that I found recently in the last couple of years, since I think I've had my camera for probably about four years now is that cameras have kind of turned into Bitcoin uh, and the price of them just keeps going. Actually, keeps yeah, going that's up. the scary part of it, isn't it? Yeah. Cameras, how much they're just um, gaining traction in, in price and because there's only a finite, finite amount. amount of them out of there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you think that it's reflective of, of do you think the price is reflective of the market? Mm. Or do you think there's well, a lot of I mean, cash grabs going on? <laughs> 20-year-old cameras are now collecting more money than what they were originally, That's crazy, um, which is crazy thought. But, yeah, I guess it is. It's just demand and, and whatever supply of it that there is out there. So um, on that sort of vein and that topic, let's just talk about the differences in the argument between digital images and the film analog images and the argument that some people have about why they why they think film is a little bit pointless outside of just enjoying it for just for the process where the argument is uh i don't shoot film because once you import it into digital it's the same as a digital shot anyway it's a digital image so in in your kind of opinion why what is there a difference between the film image and the digital image outside of the process and sort of is there an no, argument to be had? Well, I, I can agree with that. Look, um, the way I tend to think of it now is just film photography is more of an art form, whereas a, a digital image is sort of just a way of making an image. Um, I agree that if you put them both side by side and play around with each one enough, they can look the same. Yep. But that's sort of what I try and stay away from. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of this whole hybridization of di- of of scanning film and turning it digital. That's why I really enjoy being in the darkroom. All oh, right. Um, I think yeah, they're they're two completely different practices, which you can turn one into the other, yeah. but not the other in, in into the other. If that makes sense. <laughs> I think I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't make a digital image onto film, but you can make a film image digital. Yeah. Yeah, but so, yeah, so there's a lot more you can do with a film image compared to a, a digital image from the start. And so, and you and that has a lot more of appeal to it. Yeah, gives you much more to do. Gives you much more <laughs> to play around busy. with. <laughs> and and what But then you... there is there is the whole argument of 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 a um film still holding a higher dynamic range and a higher um information ratio to what a what a digital sensor can yeah and i mean that that is if you start comparing you know you start looking at that that 
whatever that digital pixel comparison. But it's like, I, I, I don't know, when you, I feel like the, the difference for me is that if I look at a digital image versus an, an analog or a film image, the digital, when the digital camera takes a picture, it kind of flattens the world out. Mm-hmm. Whereas the film, the film, because the the light, the exposure is a different process. I feel like you still get the depth that you get in the world. Or you still feel like you're sort of there. You still feel. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Totally. It's like comparing a, a front wheel drive car to a rear wheel drive car. Wow, they both do the same thing. They get you from A to B, but they'll do it differently. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Essentially, I mean, <laughs> if if you if, if you're a commercial photographer shooting, I don't know, headshots, you're not going to shoot it on film because that's just going to be a waste of your time, time, money, and effort. It's quite expensive. Um, well. yeah. yeah, two different things get you different results, really. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go the long way around, you can, I guess, make them look the same. Like I've been seeing the results that people are getting with with the Negative Lab Pro and and just a flatbed scanner, and they're sensational. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, that's one that that really gets me is taking taking your um digital camera and taking a photo of of your film to convert it. Oh, I know. I've to seen, scan it, D- yeah. DSLR scanning and things like that. There's a I remember Elford on Instagram. They were doing this photographer of the week or photographer of the month kind of situation going on where they were. Yeah. And one of these, they had this Spanish photographer <clears throat> that was going through uh, photography school and he was using, he was shooting on film. Uh, he's getting really beautiful images, but he had that set up where he would um, pin the negative that he developed up between some wire with some pegs with the light bulb, you know, diffused light bulb in the background. And then he was just mm. photographing the, the negative and then obviously importing and then inverting and doing all the, you know, Photoshoppy stuff to get the image. But... And so then he's, you know, he's, it's kind of like a raw conversion rather than the flatbed, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's whatever the, his digital camera can pick up, but he's still, do you think that he's still picking up what the, you know, you're still photographing what, or you're still capturing in a way what the film image captured, you know, in terms of the, the world that the film, like how the film developed in the first place? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, essentially that's all what, our scanners are anyway, like yeah. the Fuji Frontiers, the the Naritsu, um, even the the Imicon Flex type that I've got. They're all just a lens, a sensor, and they essentially just take a photograph of the film anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, they do it in their certain ways. Like the Frontier, it does it in four passes. It does it in a RGB pass, so it gets all the information from each um different color wavelength and then it does a infrared pass on it as well and that's your your scratch removal yeah but uh, yeah that's a whole nother thing <laughs> that's all good that's all good yeah. <laughs> uh, um and i i guess the other thing that i kind of wanted just to touch on as well is like is i've got some friends of mine that were that you know that I've shown them some images and photos that I've taken and I've been around the houses and taken photos with them and stuff. And they've been like, oh, I'd be really sick to get a camera and just, you know, have that sort of old school nostalgic kind of thing and then drop the camera, you know, drop the film off and get it developed and get like the cute little six by four images back. And mm. like, you totally should do it. But what, what should people like for, you know, that kind of, what, what kind of setups can people be looking for in terms of like, if they want to get into the film photography, what, what can they sort of be looking for and what can they expect versus just using yeah. your iPhone or your, you know, Android? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really tough question actually. Um, cause I had someone ask me this probably about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I simply replied like, get yourself a good camera um, you'll probably want to spend like 150 bucks, get yourself some good film and then take it to a good lab and, and you'll be happy with, with the results. But now people wanting to start up, finding a, a, a camera that's actually working well, that's mm-hmm. the main thing you want is a well-working camera because there's yeah. nothing more disheartening than getting your pictures back and there's no pictures or they're, or they're stuffed up yeah. from having a bad camera. But um, 
yeah, where do you find a where do you find a camera within a good price range to even start from now? Because um, I've not been looking online anymore. I sort of stopped doing that when once I had all the cameras that I ever wanted. Now, because um, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to start anymore. Um, I, I really should research that. <laughs> it's t- it is tough. Like I find. Uh, like I got a couple of friends of mine that shoot on the old trip kind of cameras. You know what I mean? Like the they just got the trips fixed, are great. The little fixed trips lens. are really good. Yeah, and they're like a, a wide angle set aperture. You know, you. So I mean, um, I suppose it depends. Just spitballing, I guess it depends on it is what what it is that you want to do. Do you want to just pick up the camera and just point and shoot? Or, you know, are, are you someone that you think is going to enjoy the process of... Because the trip cameras are still quite cheap. You can pick them up for like 50 bucks to 100 bucks for a really good trip, like one of the Olympus, old school Olympus ones or yeah. the Canon. I'm not sure what Canon trip cameras there was, the little point-and-shoot cameras they had. But they've got some good ones as well. And they're just picking up some good 400-speed film. And Yeah, that's it. Look, honestly, I reckon it is just pick up a camera and give it a go. Because images are different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Each camera takes a different picture. Yeah. And each camera that's the same can still take a different picture. Oh, fuck, that's interesting. Now that they're, yeah, that they're seasoned and some are pushing 30 years old, lenses lenses have aged, their shutter speeds could be out of whack, so you'll get a more exposed image or you'll get an underexposed image. Yep. The coating of the lens could be a bit worn out, so you might have a loss in contrast of the images. And, oh, and yeah. there's, yeah, there's really so many different. Each camera is sort of its own living organism now, I guess you can <laughs> it's, say it's in a really way. It's really good way putting it, actually. One thing that I've yeah. enjoyed now that I've picked up the film because I still shoot a little bit of digital, but not really, um, is I've enjoyed the old lenses that I've purchased with my old camera my film camera and then and then putting those lenses onto my digital camera you actually get some surprising results and those lenses are actually pretty amazing for the equivalent like i have a a 2.5 200 mil film lens the equivalent speed and size lens for my digital camera is like thousands. <laughs> and I picked this thing up for like 80 bucks. It's crazy. Yeah, Just... that's it. Well, the same tech that's in that lens is going to be pretty much in the, in the in the new lens as well. I mean, that's where the new lenses started from is is all these old lenses. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the old lenses had a lot more sort of going for them because they were the main ones that had to get the image right whereas on a digital camera that's interesting now like i was scrolling through what this new sony's got on it and it's got all these image profiles and it's got all these all other all these other crazy things and it's just like well you can really compensate for anything on a digital camera no whereas with the film camera you've got to get it right the first go yeah and there's no stabilization on an old film camera (laughs) no there's definitely none of that i found that actually in some of those some of those surf photos that I've taken recently and sent off to you, it's like one of those things that I found, it's like, fuck, it's like, I was talking to one of the guys in the in the water and he was like, how do you go like sitting in the water with your, you know, 100 mil lens or a 50 mil lens trying to take photos? And it's like, it's it's actually harder than you think. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so shit. just trying see, to hold that, That's the still. other thing which I love about it is because you put that work into the film image, even if it is blurred and you get it back, it you still think like, wow, that's actually... That, that that's still a really nice image. Yeah. Yep. But then if you do it on a digital, you're like, oh, I stuff that up. It's all shaky and wonky. Delete. Yeah, delete straight away. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's 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 crazy the different thoughts that you can put behind a a, a film image compared to the digital. Yeah. Yeah, it's really when cool. One, one might be a stuff up on one, and it might be your best work on the other. Yeah, it's a really interesting. It's just yeah. I mean, I think it's just Julie because you you know you've put the the labour that goes into taking the image, and then you, and then potentially understanding the labour that goes into the, the next stages of like the process, as you say, of of you know developing and you know understanding that, and uh, and then you know getting your image back and going oh shit actually you 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 know sometimes I think you see yourself. Um, Oh, I can't think of what the word is, but you sort of see yourself 
justifying an image <laughs> where you wouldn't yeah. justify it in the same way with a digital camera because you you know with a digital a lot of the time you're after that sharp clear crisp or you know that uh really specific yeah. artistic look but you can just keep keep snapping off photos until you get what you want with a yeah. film camera you've, you've oh you know. a picture a picture really doesn't mean much anymore the amount of photographs that are out there floating around in, in nothingness on phones and everywhere there's there's pictures of everything now um did you hear about that millions. thing that google was trying to do a while ago where they were trying to piece together everyone's photos and then put together and put them all together the, yeah where you could sort of walk around the world but it was everyone's photos pictured put together so it was yeah. the world was made up of everyone's pictures and it was a pretty cool i'm not sure yeah. if they're still doing it but no, I never heard back if that ended up happening or not. It's a cool idea, but it just goes to show how many useless pictures there are out there. There's <laughs> so many. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's actually on that, do you think there's something to be said for a good frame versus a bad frame? Like, is there still room for good photos for a, the difference between a good photographer and a bad photographer? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Give them a film camera, it'll sort them out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, it's it, that's a really that's a really interesting point though, because um, I have had a lot of uh, sort of high end professional digital photographers um, who have brought in their first film models to me. Um, oh yeah. And just they were really disheartened at at how. <sighs> not how bad their first roles were or, or just how they didn't come out to how they look on their digital camera mm. and how they're just completely, they are, they are really two completely different practices. Yeah. They're completely it's different. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like drawing with a ballpoint pen or, or painting with a paintbrush. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it takes a bit of a photographer, a digital photographer getting used to how to shoot on film. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a different technique, different skill set. Yeah. Especially if you have an old Completely. camera like mine from the 50s where everything is entirely manual, which is a love, but sometimes it's just incredibly frustrating if I want to get an image and I'm like, it takes like, you know, four seconds to <laughs> eight seconds yeah. just to set the goddamn thing up and you're like, oh, it's gone now. There's, there's, you yeah. know, the it's moment, all part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it happens all the time where I'm walking or I'm somewhere and I've got the camera with me and it's, the moment just... There's no such thing as a as a flippant moment or a you know, the opportunistic shot just doesn't exist. <laughs> with, for me, unless, unless you're good at it. Oh, well, you've got to be like the camera's got to be set. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's just, and then you got the focus, and it's just, ah, oh, it's just, you, you, yeah. It's opportunistic. Is there's kind of like a little bit of luck of the draw with the opportunistic shot with me if I if I take the old girl out, but yeah. Um, otherwise, the no. Nah, it's it's amazing. You think back to what photographers did uh, oh. forty years ago. Isn't it? Where where they would actually go out with two different cameras with two different focal lengths or with two different films in them depending what speed they wanted and oh, yeah. and they would have yeah, they would have their lenses set on, on the correct focal distance so they can literally put it to their eye and and sort of keep their distance from their subjects that whole distance the whole time so their camera is at the correct focal length and focus length and, and they're ready for it and and the right aperture, so they got the right hyperfocal distance going. And yeah, there's there's a real skill to it. Mm. Yeah, there certainly is. It's a, yeah, it's a different skill technique. It's not. Yeah, it's just not spray and pray. Spray and pray. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, yeah. Uh, and so is uh, is a little bit of the process. Is that are you sort of reserving that for your YouTube stuff, or is that something that you want to get? Are you happy to get into a little bit just like in terms of like once someone gives you the role? Yeah, no, I, I did, I did want to cover it on YouTube of how it actually works. Um, but it, it's going to sort of be a bit of a, um, Show and tell. uh, pretending experience because I did just dump all the chemicals in my processor the other day. Oh yeah. They wouldn't last for six months, six weeks. So, yeah. um, it's a real shame. So, what happens when when someone gives you the when someone gives you a role? What's the what's the sort of go through process for you? Uh, 
first thing we do is um, we log it into our system. Yep. Uh, and then we put on what's called a twin check number. So they're, they're, two, they're two stickers with identical numbers on them. Um, one I'm looking at right now, it goes uh, 1669. We put one of them on the roll of film and we put one of them on the customer's job bag. And that way, once the roll goes through the process and comes out, we know whose is what. <laughs> that could be embarrassing. Yeah, so uh, we splice them up onto a leader card if they're going through the color processor. Um, run that through the color processor. It goes through that in about eight minutes, dry to dry. Um, once it's gone through the processor, it then goes to the scanning area, do a scan on it. Um, we cut it and sleeve it or just sleeve it uncut if customers requested that. And then from there, it goes to uh, what we call quality control area where we'll rotate the images, rename them, um, do any spotting on them, do any other corrections on them. If something looks a bit funny, if colors are a little bit out, we'll sort of edit that on the spot just to give back a, a pleasing looking image and then oh, wow. send them out. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. That's that's a really simplified way of doing it. <laughs> sounds easy. <laughs> yeah, it does sound easy when you do it like that. Nah, but that's the that's that's the thing. I guess it's it's like any good process is it's the main part is what you can't see. So all all the maintenance on the scanners, all the maintenance on processes, yeah. which is done in, in my downtime, they're they're the real ones which you'll get the quality from. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, the yeah, stuff that, you can't see. That's definitely one thing that I, one of the reasons I think why I started looking elsewhere aside from the uh, places that I was going, the labs that I was going to was just the scan. Because the scan and thing is something that I do, but the scan and images that you guys produce and, you know, I don't know, they're just, they're just your scanners are really good. So, um, well, see, then, that's this, this is one of the sort of, topics which i think is getting a little little bit lost on the internet is how everyone's always saying always going on about scans um it is important but i personally don't think it's the most important part the most important part is getting the negative right right so it comes into the processing if you're if, if the process is spot on mm -hmm. then you're going to have a good negative to work from and you can scan that a hundred times and get whatever scan look that you want from it but if you start from a bad negative you're always just going to get a bad scan yeah like i've had negatives i've had scans come back where there's been like uh chemical stains on negatives before oh that's bad yeah and i've been like oh fuck and, and you know the black and white as well i shoot prominently in but and you just you know it's like and i understand that some labs that don't process a lot of black and white you know what i mean it's expensive for them because you know, but maybe they've been stretching the chemicals out a bit longer than they should be or something or just, you know, like really flogging yeah. that horse. But Black and white, yeah, it's, it's funny. Black and white is, is the harder of the two Yeah. because most times it's um done with semi-automatic processes where the colour one, it's, it's this beautiful machine which you just put it in one end and it comes out the other. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, black and white's just a whole other kettle of fish really. Yeah, well, whatever it is, some of them don't, don't uh, yeah, they, yeah, and I've just had, so I've had, you know, poor negatives come back, and then, of course, that, yeah, that translates to the scans, and yeah, you're just like, okay, well, time to, that's it, time to show, and that's and, it, start, yeah, do it probably the first time, and, yeah. and you won't have an issue, yeah, <clears throat> and so, um, just to wrap up as well, what are like, when you guys, well, when the world decides to open back up, are you going to keep going with the workshops? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I'm really holding out for. Like at the end of last year, 2019, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was, I was, we, were, we were pumping the workshops out. It was really good. They were, um, people were really getting a lot out of them. Um, and as I was saying, yeah, 2020 was going to be a big one. Um, oh, so sorry. I think I've done like, I did two at the beginning of the year and that was it. And then it all went to nothing. Custard. So I really can't wait to get back into them. Yeah. And what are the, what are the workshop um, situations that you guys offer up? What, what can people do when they come in? The, the only, 
ones that were doing well the only ones that i was doing was just a, a black and white printing workshop and a color printing workshop um and is that like so people just have like a full hands-on experience with the entire developing process or is that just literally just the printing process this is just printing this is right. just darkroom enlargements yeah oh wow. Um, yep. that's what i thought yeah, yeah. so for developing it it was an interesting one because when I started the lab, I sort of had to make a decision on, because it is a small room, I had to make a decision on what I wanted to include in it um, and how to make it all fit together in such a small room. So I did just opt for um, enlargement workshops rather than developing workshops. Yeah. Because there is, with developing workshops, there is enough information out there on the internet now that anyone can sort of give it a good crack themselves at home. Whereas dark rooming, getting your hands on all that equipment, it's very costly. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, so, a friend of mine. She prints, she, I mean, she does everything herself. She's a yeah. really good photographer and she has her own developing tank and, oh no, she develops. No, she sends her photos off. Sorry to get developed. Yeah. Uh, to my friend in the corner and they develop it. Then when she, she processes her own negatives, develop uh, she prints her own negatives she's got a huge machine and, the, and not just the printing machine but also like the machine that does the proofs and then also how she edits the proofs and how she edits the negatives as well it's pretty amazing yeah yeah that's it it's a whole nother side of yeah. it. it takes up the entire garage it's, it's all yeah. the stuff and yeah. it's just like Fuck. <laughs> and it's all great. The, all hey. the chemicals, yeah. And that's it. Like to work on a in 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 analog photography to work on a single single image from start to finish to a printed picture. It's such a long process, and it mm. is so rewarding. Um, and it's just one of those processes that I don't think in any other practice you can really get, except for maybe if you're building a house or something. Gee whiz. Yeah. Yeah, it's full on. Yeah. It's full on. It's great. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited. Hopefully, the world decides yeah, we'll get to you in. <laughs> decides to yeah give us a levy and says, oh no, it's all right. Well, no more virus, or everyone can sort of hang out again. But I'm I'm super keen to come back in and get some. You know, I've got I'm stacked up on rolls at the moment to print. So, um, oh, beautiful. Yeah, and uh, isn't that nice? I wish I had some pictures to look forward to. Oh, dude, get out there! Just <laughs> put a DIY yeah, on, on the, the door. Yeah, just... should be. <laughs> Take your big forty kilo camera and just go for a hike, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> as soon as I can, I will be. That's, that's the plan. You need a pack horse. Yeah, I could. I'll get a dog for it. <laughs> just get a get a Malamute just to carry your. Yeah, that'd be alright. Siberian husky to carry your camera around. Yeah, then I'd have to feed it. Though. Oh yeah, no, you don't want to do that. <clears throat> no, I don't want to do that. Um, so no, I'll figure something out. Yeah, you'd be sweet, but it's, yeah, it's all—it's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's why well, you say it's the process. Well, that's that's the other thing I was going to say about about the process. It's also what goes into taking the picture, like that hike that you do to take the picture. But not only that, it's the camera. That is 30 years old that you look at and you think, well, what images have actually gone through this lens before? What life has this mm. camera lived before I've picked it up? It's, it, it's, it's, it's just this whole other thing which you can't get from anything else. Well, my camera, I think I love it. I, I, got, I got really lucky with my camera. I picked it up, uh, I think, one of the op shops, one of those bizarre op shops, you know, the big yeah, giant yeah. ones near Ballarat. And it's got the yeah. serial number stamped into this, like penciled into the sort of etched into it. Mm. So I'm just thought, I, I imagine it's come from a school or something like that. And it's just, it sort of has this enigmatic sort of history sort of story to it that I try to, you know, as you say, imagine and sort of figure out what kind of, because it's had such yeah. a life before I picked it up, I imagine. And it's probably had God, thousands of, you know, thousands of rolls go through it. And that's it. It's, it's such a yeah, cool camera. Yeah, no, analog, analog cameras are super interesting because they have li lived a whole life before mm. you've got them. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I really dig it. I, I really love it, really dig it. Yeah. Um, so, and I also really, you know, dig and appreciate what you guys are doing, like the fact that we can oh, drop film off and, you know, come and work out how to do stuff and get some prints done as well. It's such a such a cool experience and I'm, I'm super grateful that um, you have been able to sort of 
make your make a living out of out of out of your passion and also facilitate other people's passions to um, realize the images and just you know hobbies and some people have turned it into a profession as well which is really sick and yeah well that's it i mean without all the active shooters out there there wasn't wouldn't be business like this that could do it so yeah. and there's a, a lot big of... a big thanks to all you guys definitely <laughs> no drama as well for helping me do something that's not break my back gardening anymore oh yeah well i've done some horticulture before landscaping it's uh it's hard work, man. I've been it's, there. It's hard, yeah. It's really hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really look forward to coming in and doing a workshop and getting some prints done and uh, hanging out and dropping film off again uh, in the future, man. I look forward to it. So thanks so much for taking the time today to um, <laughs> out of your busy schedule to um, sit down for a 45 or an hour and have a chat with us. It's really sick. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's been good. Cool. Well, um, thanks, bro. Enjoy your day and uh, I'll chat to you shortly. Cheers. Will do. Cool. Thanks, man. See ya. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks, Brock, for jumping on the show and uh, taking the time out of your day to sit down with me and have a quick chat about what's going on in your world and your life of uh, in the life of film photography. Super cool. Um, thanks to everybody else out there that was listening as well. Uh, if anyone wants to check the the place out, work and process it is in Victoria here. Um, I'll leave descriptions. I'll leave a link in the description below. My God, I cannot speak today. Um, so there'll be Instagram, website, all that sort of stuff. Give them a ring, send them an email, send a message on uh, Instagram. They get back to you super quick. And as well, once the workshops open up, by all means, get down there, check it out. It's a shitload of fun. And it's just super bloody interesting, man, just to work through the process and see what people were doing with cameras 50 years or 20 years ago before this digital shit came in. It's like, it's really full on. It's really cool. So um, I dig it. Anyway. Uh, new episodes coming out, of course, in the future. Who knows what the fuck they are, because I don't know. Uh, until then, be kind to yourself. Be cool. Be good to each other. Eat well. Exercise. And I'll catch you later. See ya.